0: Jenna
1: and I'm Sam,
0: and you're listening to
1: Cincinnati Zoo Tales. All right, everybody, welcome back to Cincinnati Zoo Tales. Jenna, welcome back.
0: Hi, it's so good to see you and be doing this again. <laughs> November 2020. How how is it, November 2020? <laughs> it's
1: been just a few months. Oh. I don't know when you are going to be listening to this, dear listener. It might be November 2025 at this point, but we're working our best to get this podcast out there. It's been a crazy year, to say the least. Jen and I were just talking about how we started this podcast back earlier this year, actually when the Australian wildfires were happening. And if you were to tell me that wasn't going to be one of the craziest things to happen in the year, I would have said that you're crazy. Yeah,
0: It, it really is crazy, the fact that... Back in January, we thought the world was ending. Like it was, we were all horrified by all of these fires. So, and now we're having fires in the United States. It's just twenty twenty, but we're we're recording again. We're recording again, even though this year is literally
1: a dumpster fire. We are (laughs) going to get through it, and we're almost there. Twenty twenty one is just around the corner. Again, whenever you're listening to this, this is November twenty twenty. Well even though we started about a year ago with the australian wildfires we thought we'd circle back and talk about more australian animals today because we had a very exciting year here at the zoo because we just opened up our Roo valley and with us today we have ellie teague who is the senior children's zoo Roo valley keeper
2: hi how are well, you how are you i'm good how are you doing well good
1: thanks for coming
2: thanks for having me i was excited yeah we're so excited to have you
0: <laughs> and hear all about Roo Valley and yeah. what you do, but first of all, for anyone who doesn't know you, tell us the department you work in, okay. uh, what you, how long you've been here, maybe some of your favorite things about being a keeper. Okay.
2: Yeah, so I've been here full-time for five years now, all together seven years of being a temp, things like that. I work in our children's zoo area, and we take care of like all of our domestic animals, our red pandas, and then um, Roo Valley as well, so all the kangaroos down there.
0: Ellie gets a lot of steps in by walking. <laughs> I do. They're
2: <laughs> completely opposite areas. Pigs and <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all sorts of oh, things.
0: Yeah. Yes. So you've probably seen Ellie out in the zoo if you're a regular here uh, visiting the Cincinnati Zoo, walking animals that you can interact with and get yeah. to know.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we also have our barnyard show in the summer, which uh, we have our pigs and skunks and goats and things like that. It's a, yeah, interactive kind of children's children's show. So yeah.
1: The Blakely's Barnyard yes. Bonanza. Everything from goats painting, to ducks running, yes. to uh, skunks. skunks moonwalking. <laughs> it's everything in between. Exactly. So to add on top of that, her plate with the barnyard bonanza, we thought, what better way than to get a animal that hops all over the place <laughs> and get some kangaroos in here this Yes, zoo. the
2: kangaroos. They're awesome. What has it
0: been like opening a new habitat? I mean... Again, 2020, things have been different. I'm sure that has affected you in a lot of ways. But I know back in 2014, we opened Africa, and that was a lot. Um, There's a lot to do. You have to (laughs) make sure you have all the tools you need and get to know new animals. So uh, how has that been going?
2: So it's been going. It's good. There's definitely challenges, um, logistic challenges, literally, like anything from, like, habitats to diets to managing a mob kangaroos in general, um, every day is different, and you run into problems that you've never even thought of before, then it's like so obvious once they happen, you're like, okay, Um, but yeah, every day is different, so, especially with the new animals coming in, dynamic changes, we've gotten, I think, gosh, in the past month, four new kangaroos, two separate times, so adding animals into the mob adds a new dynamic, so every day is different.
0: How many kangaroos do we have and are they all male?
2: All male kangaroos 10 total We have uh, three grays and then the rest are West I'm sorry three reds and the rest are Western grays
1: Now are those as far as kangaroos go because I know that kangaroos vary in size yes. are those bigger kangaroos are these smaller kangaroos? The
2: reds are actually the world's largest marsupials so they are gonna be massive they um, right now they're young I think they're around two years old. Um, but they can be up to two hundred pounds and six feet tall. I think um, average is like five and a half, but they can be six feet tall. They're super powerful, and the grays are um, a little smaller, around one hundred and twenty, um, not as big. Um, but we actually have one Max who's four, and he is just as big as the reds are now. So he's pretty huge compared to all the other grays. So
1: I saw Max yesterday, and he is gigantic. Right, <laughs> yeah. he's enormous, yes. Yeah, but he's so inquisitive. He's going he everywhere in the yard. Also,
0: yeah, yes. he's friendly and. I remember the first time I came through. Ezard was the friendly one. Yes, or, is Max just as friendly?
2: So not as much. The Reds seem to be uh, more uh, more comfortable with people. They came from a private facility. It's called uh, Timba Avati, I think. Um, so they were more used to being closer to people than the Greys were. Um, a lot of our Greys, they came from three different zoos. So um, they were on like walkabout exhibits, but they could get away from people. Um, so they, you know, kind of kept their distance. The Reds. We're in closer proximity to people so they are more comfortable with people Ezra, yes is definitely he was a hand raised and so he is the one that will come to the strollers that will kind of see what everything's going on in the path so he's super friendly the greys still are a little um you know they just keep their distance a bit
0: i mean it's they're figuring it out and i'm sure exactly. as things go on and more people come it'll they'll be more and more comfortable but Absolutely. it is one of the coolest things and something we're proud of Here's, we give our animals a choice. So if the if the roos want to be far away, they can totally hang out.
2: Absolutely. Off on their
0: own, um,
2: munching on,
0: what? Hay, oh hey, grass, bamboo? <laughs> yes,
2: so they, we've, horticulture did an amazing job with everything they put in there. The roos have definitely decimated all the bamboo. <laughs> Anything, like, that was growing on the ground, they have annihilated it. Um, now their favorite thing is grass right now. It's funny because... The summer, they didn't seem to care much for it, but now they cannot get enough of really? it. Really? Yes. It's really funny. I wonder but, if the season changes the taste I know. Of it. I think so. I think so. Um, yeah, but we also give them hay throughout the day. They get grain and um, produce, some produce um, for training and things like that. So,
1: What type of produce did they get?
2: So, sweet potato. We're kind of, like, since they are new, we're kind of trying to try different things, see what they like. So, trying sweet potato, carrots, apple. Um... Somebody I know from a different zoo said they give theirs blueberries, and they seem to, like, we haven't tried that yet, Um, but, yeah, just things like that, that we have lettuce. They love all different kinds of lettuce, too, so that's, actually, lettuce seems to be a big favorite funny. I wish I liked lettuce. Me too, no, right?
1: Right? <laughs> I know, look at these animals' diets, and they're just pristine. They're just I know. The, it's like the model healthy eater. Oh my <laughs> gosh, they eat so much better than I, I do. Know. Most of us do.
2: In the
0: wild, would they be eating
2: grass mostly then? Yeah, so they, um, yeah, they eat grass, they eat leaves, things like that, um, things that are growing. The, um, the grasslands so they live in like the grasslands the desert so like anything yeah leafy that they can find any kind of brush they eat so
0: cool yeah can you tell us a little bit about their lifespan how long do they typically live
2: yeah so they can live to be the reds can live to be um mid-20s um in the wild and then the gray's not so long it's like mid-teens mid to late teens so yeah and they're all pretty young the ones we have now age uh, ages between two Around two, um, and uh, like Max is our oldest, who's four. Yeah, so they uh, they're pretty young.
1: And is their plan to stay here for their entire life? Yes,
2: the plan is to keep them here for their whole life. They're forming a mob now. And everybody's getting to know each other, getting super comfortable. We are planning to get some more, um, so we're going to add to that mob. Um, and it seems like the more we get, the more comfortable they are. Safety numbers. Um, so yeah. Yeah, they uh, they seem to all be getting
1: along really good. So, and, and a mob yeah. is a group of kangaroos. Yeah, not... a group. Yes, <laughs> and yeah. not a bunch like of that. gangsters sitting around <laughs> out there. Hey, is yes. Come <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> on over <OB. laughs>
2: Yeah, a mob is a group of kangaroos, which is I think a funny name. I
1: love it. that name. Yeah, I know
2: a mob. <laughs>
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, what was it like? Now, that you mentioned that they're forming the mob now. Mm-hmm. What is that like? Is everybody friends all at once or does it take a little bit of time to get used to
2: so yeah the dynamic definitely has been changing um at first you have one who seems to be like the top dog in charge and then you know as the days go on like there's challengers that want to be like you know in charge so like Chester one of our greys seems to be kind of so kangaroos will box each other, I don't know if you guys have seen that on videos, things like that. Um, and it's kind of like play fighting, or sometimes it is fighting to kind of establish dominance. Um, so he seems to be kind of challenging everybody to get to the top, and when he first got here he had a super shy personality. So he seems to kind of be changing as uh, the new kangaroos are coming in. So yeah.
1: He was looking for weaknesses. He is! <laughs> <laughs>
2: Do you
0: notice that they fight over food or anything in particular, or is it mostly just It's social? mostly
2: just, yeah, it's not really been food because um, we give them a bunch of different bowls and everything's pretty spread out for them. Um, it seems to be just like when they're hanging out, all of a sudden one will sneak over and just start <laughs> boxing the other one. So, yeah, it seems to be random times throughout the day. So,
1: Now, is that a way that they'll defend themselves from predators too, or is it just specifically between kangaroos that that boxing behavior occurs yeah
2: good question so yeah they'll defend themselves uh from predators too the predators primarily are dingoes foxes humans um as well but yeah dingoes are a major uh predator for them and yeah they have the super powerful legs that they'll kind of lean back for balance on their tail and use them to kick and they also have long claws on their, their feet and they can like decapitate so wow. yeah it's pretty yeah it's pretty powerful
0: I should have asked earlier, but you mentioned that um, they are the largest marsupial. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about a marsupial and
2: what makes them special? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, let's see. So, marsupials—they um, actually have pouches, which I a pretty cool thing um, about kangaroos, and I can—I like to talk about this. So, they're opportunistic breeders. So, they—if the vegetation is lush, if there's a lot of water sources—they can become um, have offspring every 240 days. But if it's not, they can kind of stop it and slow everything down. So when a canker is born, they're actually the size of a, like, peanut M&M, which is so crazy. They're blind, they're deaf, and they somehow manage to make their way up mom's, like, fur into her pouch, um, which they... That's crazy they crazy? About. So she gives no birth, idea. but
0: not in her pouch, everyone. Yes. So she gives birth like you might imagine most mammals do. Yeah. And then this teeny tiny little m M&M of a not completely uh, grown kangaroo climbs up its mother yes. into her pouch. Okay, it's that's crazy. So the
2: gestation period is about 30 days. So after it's born, they'll climb up into the pouch, make its way in there somehow, and they kind of latch on there for 70 days and um, around 190 days is when they'll kind of peek their head out and uh come outside for short periods um but like, So are they nursing inside the yes, pouch? Yes, they're nursing inside the pouch. Um and then what is it? It's I want to say after I can't remember exactly how many days it is when they're completely fully out of the pouch, but yeah, 190 days is when they're kind of like out. It's really funny to see these huge jo- they're called joeys. Uh these huge joeys, they look <laughs> Massive, but they still manage to fit in the pouch. So, marsupials, yeah, they're pretty cool. They have the pouches that the babies kind of just hang out in for a long time. So,
0: fun fact we have a marsupial in the United States, the opossum. Yes, they don't yep. get enough credit. Mm-mm. I have to give them credit. They're super cute, they they're do so no cute. damage, they eat ticks, mm-hmm. and they're marsupials. So, take care of the opossum. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but, Australia has tons of marsupials, which is just an interesting thing. About yeah. That country and yeah. how their animals
1: have evolved there. Exactly. Yep. And if you ever want to see this, the pouch and the baby going through the whole process, there are videos on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, it is terrifying. No, it's not <laughs> terrifying. It's, it's very interesting, but it's the craziest thing that I have seen in a long yeah. time. Because we actually just went through this, not with kangaroos, but with wallabies here at the zoo, with Pocket. Pocket so yeah. Yeah, Pocket it's was adorable. the recent birth here. The wallabies with Ava. Uh, our Bennett's Wallaby here at the zoo. And it, it is kind of funny with how much they spend in the pouch. Pocket celebrated his year birthday, I, think, I believe, just a month or two ago. Yeah. But he's only been out of the pouch for a few months. So you're like, wait, this Wallaby's already a year old? Yeah. <laughs> to <laughs> us, he's like, like two months right. Exactly, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> now, how I'm, I'm just interested because this is a new... Habitat that we have we're bringing kangaroos in to the zoo mm-hmm. and the children's zoo didn't have kangaroos How do they get keepers ready for new animals that are coming in is this experience that you already had or is this practice that you get? Um, just through practical yeah. experience with your other animals
2: another really good question So we did do a lot of research before we got them. We've we went to several different zoos around here and um, for a few days, hang out out with the keepers, got um, their enrichment list, how they go about their days, how they manage not only kangaroos, but like the mob in general, which is super important. Um, So we did a lot of research and which is like, a rewarding thing about uh, starting a new kind of habitat is also you start with a clean slate and you can use all the information that you get from other zoos um, and kind of just kind of make it your own plan, which I think is like super exciting We've been working on that, but, yeah, um, kind of just talking to other zoos, getting information from them, um, seeing what they found was successful, um, what didn't work, um, yeah. What You mentioned
0: enrichment, which we both love, love so it. much,
2: and <laughs> have you found something that the kangaroos love? So, not exactly. Not not yet completely. Like I said, we're still kind of getting to know what what they like, but... They seem to, we've been putting out um, feeders, so like different hay feeders to kind of, instead of just kind of putting it on the ground, just to kind of get them something to manipulate, pull the hay out with. Um, Our enrichment, volunteer enrichment committee made us some feeders as well, like long wooden feeders with holes in it where we can stick brows in. They seem to kind of like to pull and reach and grab those out. I have an idea. Yeah. So those, we have those in the Africa department.
0: We call them the kerplunk. Feeders. So if anybody <laughs> ever played Kerplunk yeah. oh, like yeah. pull the stick, you don't want the marbles to fall. Oh, I think it's seen that But one. you can put their favorite produce. You could cut up their sweet potatoes or their lettuce. And so when they pull out their brows or the sticks and leaves that they're eating, that is stuck in there, then they'll also get little rewards of their oh, favorite my, produce. Oh, I love that idea. Yeah.
2: I'm writing this down, actually. <laughs> yeah, I love that idea. We're, yeah, we're definitely looking for all sorts of new stuff. We um. Actually, got a list from Nashville Zoo, um, which they have a walkabout there, a bunch of kangaroos. So, we have their whole entire list of enrichment. Um, we definitely want to start something we want to do is um, we have these burlap sacks and we want to fill them with strong, kind of hang them as like punching bags. Like I said, they like to box and stuff and they like to kind of grab things with their hands. So, um, we kind of want to do something like that too. So, it's all in the works right now. I actually just emailed Jen. The, um, of our volunteer enrichment committee with some ideas, so awesome! Yeah. That sounds like it's fun. Exciting. Yeah, it's
0: always cool to see them doing love their it. natural behaviors and absolutely seeing a kangaroo box sounds pretty. I know, to right? Me. Yeah.
1: Now, my enrichment idea is on the opposite of that: is make a paper mache stroller because <laughs> they are obsessed with strollers. <laughs> that would be that perfect. Don't, don't don't that. I, I <laughs> know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's on the opposite end. What we want there. <laughs> they Probably would love like that. it though. Yeah, you know they would
0: love that. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, for anyone who has, hasn't has been yet, um, it is a walkabout, like we mentioned, and the, the kangaroos, the ones that are more comfortable at this point, <laughs> will approach strollers and kind of check out what's going on. So, it is up to our guests um, to be responsible and kind of move away from the kangaroos, but that's the yes. kind of experience you can get with this mm-hmm. walkabout, which is really, really neat and something we haven't had here. I mean, maybe they did way in the past that I don't know about, yeah, but it's something it's- new and um you know something exciting for 2020 again it didn't turn out exactly as we had planned um but but it's a really a really cool habitat that hopefully everyone will get to enjoy yeah sometime soon
2: with talking about the habitat it's actually how they built it was pretty cool too like if if you guys go in there and kind of look around it's especially built for kangaroos so there's sand pits in there which is like I said, these guys are crepuscular. So during the day in Australia it's hot. So they would kind of dig shallow, like napping holes, basically. And so they do that in the sand. They did that a lot in the summer um, to kind of cool off and lay down and take their naps because they sleep during the day. So um, there's several different sand pits in there. There's um, a shallow, like water hole there. And when kangaroos get hot or when they get, you know, stressed, anything like that, they dip their front, um, their front arms. Into water and that kind of cools them off. So we see a lot of them using that. So it's kind of built to kind of bring out what they do in the wild. Um, we also have I've, there's like what two or three big like boulders in the middle of the exhibit with holes in it where we can stick brows. Um, it's kind of cool to see these guys. They can like stretch their legs out and reach, like I said, with their hands. And so we kind of hang them high so they kind of have to grab them and pull them down. So.
0: Yeah, that's really neat. That is one of the best things about building a new Mm -hmm. area is you can make it special and we're always trying to be progressive and and change and and get better every day with everything we do at the zoo and with new habitats. And that's really cool that you're actually seeing them use these things that you thought of and made sure that they had the opportunity to use. Um, And I didn't know that, but... You mentioned crepuscular. I don't know if you explained that earlier, so I do want to say, so crepuscular is when animals are most active at dusk and dawn. So um, you can imagine, I think we mentioned this in our lion episode, um, you know, animals are going to be active when it makes sense. Mm -hmm. They're not going to go hunting in the heat of the day unless they absolutely have to just like if you're choosing to run for exercise you're probably not going to go at noon during the summer when it's 90 degrees you're going to choose to go earlier in the day or later in the evening so animals are smart and crepuscular means they're probably going to be napping mostly in the middle of the day and more active um you know at sunrise and sunset so yeah. did not
2: know kangaroos
1: were crep- yes, crepuscular they, though. yeah definitely <laughs> cool. here's yeah. just an off off the cuff zoo tip too speaking of crepuscular if you're looking for a good day to go to a zoo go on an overcast day yes, yes. because it's nice and cool and not on a 90 degree day when there's Absolutely. no cloud in the sky and the animals are conserving their energy if you go on an overcast day it's a fantastic day to visit the zoo yes
2: they definitely yeah. are more active then for sure even light rainy days when oh, it's yeah.
0: above 55 or so i think those are the best days to i go do too visit yep. the zoo. Yeah. yeah
2: i totally agree yeah they definitely um so these guys can they can like reach speeds of 35 miles per hour so they can go pretty fast so when it's like a nice not too hot day and they all get like the zoomies like we like to call them <laughs> they can like just whiz by you super fast it's really cool to see kind of they have this huge yard, huge habitat out there. So they all just get like super just I don't know, excited to just be moving around and they can go pretty fast. It's really cool to see. Yeah. yeah.
1: And their their tail helps them steer too, right? Exactly.
2: Almost like a propeller kind of like a cheetah's basically. But yeah, yeah, it's super it's for balance, it's for um yeah, can all they, different things.
1: Can they actually stand up on it? I know I've seen Cartoons back in the day with you know kangaroos propping themselves up on their tail—is that yeah, absolutely. actually a thing? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's what they'll do when they're um, when they're when they're fighting when they're boxing. Yeah, they just lean back on the tail and it gives them perfect balance. It's almost like a third leg, basically. It's like a kickstand. It is. Oh my god, it's like a kickstand. <laughs> it
0: reminded me more and more of the meerkats the more we talk about a mob or a gang They use that tail to <laughs> lean back like a kickstand. That's funny. That
2: is funny.
1: Well, speaking of mob and gang, I was doing some research <laughs> on slingfurs kangaroos and if you want to i've got a quiz for you ellie oh great okay. <laughs> so, so okay. it's just it's just a true or false it's really easy if you've you got to know if you can say true or false if these are actual names okay they're all australian slang but you have to say if they are slang for describing a kangaroo oh
2: my gosh okay, okay. right. Okay. so we'll start
1: with an easy one okay. Mob is that true a king? yes that, that's the <laughs> group of kangaroos all right what about a jill a jill yes
2: I feel like I'm going to say true.
1: True. Jenna, what do you think?
0: Is it a female kangaroo? It
1: is a female kangaroo. That is true. <laughs> yes. Okay. Then what about a jack? Is a jack a word used to describe a kangaroo?
0: False. I gotta go with it's a really? male. Male, right? Maybe. Yes.
1: It's male. Yeah. Gosh. So it is male. So Jack and Jill's. I thought that was a trick question. Males and females. <laughs>
0: that, that
1: would be a good Dang. trick question. What about a dunny False. False. Jenna?
0: I've never heard that word. I know. Uh, I'll go with false.
1: You're both right. A dunny is sling for toilet in Australia. <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. That's a, that's a dunny. Okay. What about a flyer? True. True? That, that was very confident. Yes. <laughs> a flyer is, is one. Yeah. A uh, stubby?
2: Ow. Hmm.
0: That makes me think of a wombat. And I, I know.
2: <laughs> like it's a the... I say think... False. False. Oh
1: false. False, you're both right. Yes. Stubby is a beer bottle. Oh, oh my god.
2: Yes. <laughs> I'm start calling that, it ask that. Ask me a
1: stubby, yeah. <laughs> Alright, here's we've got two more. Boomers. True. True. True's right. Yes. Boomers are male kangaroos. And then we have one last one, a dag.
2: False.
1: Dag that is. is Nope. Dag yes. is described. A funny person is called a dag. A dag. I'm not. I am not a dag. I love I'm <laughs> oh, <you're laughs> totally a dag. See, dag. And, and, I oh, love here's it. the bonus round for the million dollars. <laughs> True or false? Okay. The U.S. had the TV program Lassie, with the border collie dog that would save his owners that when they were yeah. in peril. Did Australia have a similar TV show, but with a kangaroo?
2: No. I feel like yes.
0: No. Yes. I feel yes. Ellie says yes. I say no. That would be amazing, though.
1: Ellie wins the million dollars. Whoa! Yes. So in the 60s, there was a program called Skippy. So <laughs> so Skippy the bush kangaroo was a program similar to Lassie <laughs> where the owners would get predicaments and the owner's best friend was Skippy the bush kangaroo. Oh, my so gosh. I'm sure there's YouTube where did episodes I hear that from? Yeah. I see, like, <laughs> hero kangaroo. I know, yeah. You gotta bring Skippy back for 2021. Please.
2: He needs to save us. That was good. That was fun.
1: Well, we've covered a lot of kangaroo facts here today. We've covered wallaby facts, Australian facts. (laughs) But all these facts, you know, we we can talk about them all day, but what can we do with this? Mm -hmm. Jenna, Jenna, what's what's the big question?
0: You know, Ellie, um,. We like to end every episode with a "What can I do?" What could yes. listeners do? Something small, but that makes an actual difference to help the world in general. But maybe uh, it sounds like we might have something more focused towards yeah. um, our topic today. So, mm-hmm. what is your "What can I do?"
2: So, with with the the bushfires and the fires in Australia, um, a lot of it did come from climate change, and we know that um, and we know that trees they help with climate change um they they help by removing the carbon dioxide in the air and um, releasing oxygen to the atmosphere so something that you can do from home is to plant a tree and we talked about something phone would be make it a family tradition to plant a tree um maybe you know i don't know christmas thanksgiving something like that everybody you know once a year plants a tree but there's so many benefits to them shade um they block wind attract wildlife birds uh, purify the air, um, cleaner water. So they really do it all. So um, yeah, I so think I think, be
0: a- I think that's perfect because due to these wildfires, mm-hmm. we have lost. Um, we've read the most recent number we can find is forty-six million yeah. acres of trees in Australia. A
2: fifth, I think about a fifth of Australia's forests were burned. Wow. Yeah. And then
0: now here again, twenty twenty just mm-hmm. keeps coming at us, and we have. Oregon Washington California and Colorado all on fire and you know we're losing trees in the United States so mm-hmm. we won't even mention the number of animals and how horrible that is yeah. but we literally can't live without trees we need the oxygen Absolutely. they're so important so it, it could be a fun thing you you plant a tree with your family it, you're making a, a difference and mm-hmm. something that um you know most people could do at least once a year and trying to replenish the forests that are burning exactly a tiny bit at a time because they are so important
2: exactly yeah
0: and yeah it is um unfortunate that climate change is fueling these wildfires Mm -hmm. and they're getting worse and worse every year and um with those disasters they're just going to be more destructive, and the less trees, the faster climate change is going to happen. Exactly. It's like this terrible cycle, it is. and it'll make it even harder to stop wildfires in the future. So, um, what can I do? I can plant a tree, and you okay. can and teach your kids about trees, or teach mm-hmm. yourselves. Or, um, for example, if you're getting a, a Christmas tree, you could go to a Christmas tree farm and buy a bald Christmas tree and plant a small one mm-hmm. at Christmas. I'm sure there are much like, more affordable options also. Yeah. <laughs> but just with Christmas kind of exactly. <laughs> coming up and a
1: lot of people thinking about that, I love that idea. I love that
2: idea, too. And I want to
1: do speaking it. speaking of another recent impact we made, we did sell an update on the shirts that we sold for the Australian wildfires. And we raised, well, what was it, over $200,000?
0: $200, $207,000. The zoo and our community and our uh, followers all wanted to make such a huge difference. Again, this was back in January of yeah, 2020. Yeah. It feels like a year oh you know a totally different yeah, yeah. year yeah. from now. But um Cincy shirts helped. Um they yeah. made a shirt that everyone fell in love with. The zoo donated five thousand. Uh we had private donations. But we were able to send, you know, over two hundred thousand dollars to Australia to help out with um you know rescuing native wildlife mm-hmm. there.
2: And Absolutely.
1: Yeah, so big thank you to everyone who was involved with that effort. yeah Absolutely, and yep, that was great. And everyone who's going to be involved with future efforts. Yes,
0: yes. Mm-hmm. We mentioned earlier we are so happy to be back. Thank you, Ellie, yeah, for absolutely. joining yes, us. Thanks, thanks for having me. This is so fun. We have no idea when anyone will get to hear this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we hope it's very soon. Um, and thank you all for listening. Yeah. I'm Sam. I'm Jenna.
1: And this is Cincinnati Zoo Tales.